Hello everybody, my name is Sam Elliott64 and welcome back to the Robocast to review the second episode of Battlebots 2020. I'm joined alongside... World of Woodrow, hello Sam. <sighs> Where's Steve? Where is he? <laughs> I think, I think I saw him uh, looking the other way and... Um... Watching Norwalk or something, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't blame him because as, as we're recording, this is Norwalk Havoc right now. So if you're, not, if you're watching it in the past, yes, good choice. Um, we've managed to wrangle someone away from watching Norwalk Havoc. Introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Jonathan Schultz. I'm the team captain of Team Huge. Absolute pleasure to have you on, Jonathan. I think it's very fair to say that myself and Jevon over the past couple of seasons have really gone to, you know, love Huge for being just such an anomaly in a, in a field of, you know, very similar machines. You do something so different to everyone else. Um, how did Huge come about? Like, talk um, us through it. <laughs> yeah, so Huge, uh, the whole lineage goes back to Carbide versus Gabriel. Okay. Um, and I do want to say, I have said that into the camera, three seasons in a row, and it's a long enough description slash referring to other shows that they cut it. But yeah, it goes back to Carbide versus Gabriel and just like, you know, what if that fight happens, but, in, you know, I take a few hits from Carbide and then we peel the top open with a spinner. Like, that is the design brief. That was the original idea of Huge. And then since then, it's just gone its own, you know, just following what we think is best. It took, uh, I think, nine months to build the first 30-pound Huge. Um, me and my teammates were learning how to build robots at the time, so it's, it's hard to build something new on top of trying to build in the first place. Um, and then we just chased it and chased it. So 30 pounder, built tiny huge, um, went on battle bots with it, built another 30 pounder, built another tiny huge, built another 30 pounder, another big huge, a third big huge. And it's, I think we're like 10 deep at this point. <laughs> so it's just all huge. You, you can't escape now. It's too, it's no. too, you're too, you're too far in. Um, I'm staring really hard at lifters. Like mm, I should build something else, but you know, I'm, I'm locked in at this point. So. <laughs> It is interesting, to, like, you know, it was a specific fight that made you, like, kind of inspired to go that way, because, obviously, I mean, it's fair to say that that fight was one of the most spectacular things oh, in, no. in robot combat ever. You know, those two were just taking chunks out, which was wonderful to watch, but it, it was just that fight that made you think, I could do something with this. That's, that is quite like, interesting. I think it's, I mean, I've never talked with uh, Craig Kalias, and I need to at some point, um, but I don't even know because I didn't get the feeling from the show that even like he expected it to be that resilient to carbide because it's like not like it had ever fought anything like that before yeah but you know it goes from an advantage of height to like oh my god that just tanked carbide for three minutes yeah it was ridiculous because Gabriel hits hard but it didn't do much beyond taking the wheel off during that fight and it's like damn you know if you have three minutes of free reign which is what we're looking for you know three minutes to just beat on the other guy you can kill anybody in three minutes. Yeah. Um, when, you know, they kill your weapon or something like that. And so that's huge. It's, it never dies. No matter what, the weapon is going to be there. And if you want to get in, you've got to get through it. Absolutely. Obviously, you have been in BattleBots for the last couple of seasons now. I think it's fair to say you've, you've kind of turned some heads and made some people think, actually, this ungamely massive robot <laughs> works quite well. I mean, you've, you've tangled with the best. And more often than not you've actually done fairly well i mean okay yes you know you, you did get split in half a couple of times 
Yeah, it happens to, you know, people every once in a while. Exactly. <laughs> and I think, given the circumstances, I think it was fair enough to, you know, Ice Wave is something special and Bite Force as well, of course. He had them on the ropes, which not many teams can say that they have. Yep. Still waiting for the rematch. But <laughs> if, you know, if, if at this point he wants to build something that's not that exact same Bite Force, I can't say I'd blame him. Like, <laughs> it's, it's pretty proven out, but... Yeah. I and probably a lot of other people would love to have a rematch just because it's like, damn, we were close. But that's that's the nature of it. You know, you've got to account for everything. I was going to say, do you, do you look back with pride at, at the last couple of seasons? Absolutely. I mean, it's hard sometimes because in the moment, you know, like immediately after, like the mammoth fight and stuff, you're just like, damn it. But, you know, where it came from, from nobody, including us, expecting anything like to to as far as we've gotten to have beaten gigabyte to have beaten bronco hypershot um you know 2019 as a whole even jasper we were terrified going into that fight because of how tanky it is like just every fight that season we're so proud of and yeah. compared to where we expected to come from absolutely good stuff Good stuff. Well, I suppose we should probably talk about the episode in general. Obviously, if you haven't watched it, go and do so. Um, this is your small little spoiler warning, I guess. And <laughs> <laughs> let's crack on with the episode as a whole. So we start off with uh, two returning teams, uh, Shatter from last year, of course, and Ghost Raptor coming back from all the way in 2016 with the all-new design. Uh, where do we begin with Shatter and Ghost Raptor? <laughs> I, I thought Shatter did their job perfectly. They They execute the strategy very well you know they got the solid hits on the spinner as, as they intended to do to try and break the spinner which it worked um i think another thing that was quite interesting is i'm fairly sure that they they separated those two robots there's a, <laughs> a very very hard cut uh when you notice that <laughs> <laughs> you can just see the, the fire and the smoke pouring off of ghost raptor and the and you just see, oh, and Shatter's free. <laughs> okay, I, I see you, editing team. I see you. Um, let's score that one off on the bingo card. They they did they did want to note they broke the screws pretty good there. Oh really? So yeah, um, but yeah, there there was an unstick, but it's like that's that's how it goes sometimes. I always point out that in Huge versus Sub Zero, there was two separate unsticks. Oh really? That fight was stopped twice. And they're good enough at it usually that you don't notice. Um, I think but, there wasn't yeah, much so, getting out of this one, was there really? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, Shatter suddenly off the screws. But, I mean, that was, Ghost Raptor was dead. Like, yeah. And I, I think that's what they were saying, is you can see the wheels turning on Shatter. And, and I, I believe it was technically a dual unstick, because Ghost Raptor couldn't move either, because Shatter was on top. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Ghost Raptor's, I guess the drive burned out. I'm not sure exactly what it I was. I believe they've said that it was uh, their motors uh, went, both of them. Um, I can't remember the details exactly. They have gone to Facebook uh, about what happened to Ghost Raptor. Um, I think they said specifically it wasn't Lipos, didn't they? Yeah. Um, which okay. yeah. Really That's rejecting uh, Mr. Psycho the Bingo Square. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. But um, hey, it's, it's new robot things. Like they said Ghost Raptor was an all-new build this year. Mm. It looked great the weapon is you know i think last year or last time there was a lot less power behind it this year they have one of the big you know e-techs behind it so they they came they mean business but that's just new robot stuff 
Yeah, of course. It, in, and to be fair to Shatter as well, they, you know, as I said, they, they execute their plan perfectly. They, you know, and it just, it's so oh, nice to watch them, you know, omni wheel their way around the, <laughs> it's just, it's so, it's, it's so smooth. I've, I've, you know, well, it's, it's the new floor too. Yeah, well, all the wheels are touching the ground for like the first <laughs> very time. True. Very true. But it's it's just the way that it is. It's like it's like silk. It just glides around the arena. It's so, mm. it, you know, it's so good. Yeah, they, they have. I, really I love watching it. Um, and think, then the power. I mean, that strategy of just weapon lock people with your with your hammer is like, it's so out there. But it's such a cool innovation on hammer bots. Yeah, it's because like like especially the kingpin fight last year, mm. they totaled it. Yeah. They literally totaled and and that's it looks like what they did here yeah, they, yeah. i mean I, I, the uh the ghost raptor team was saying on on facebook i just had a re- read of it quickly that they thought that was the end for them for this year um oh, wow. Wow. they had had helped to get it back up and running so um yeah Shatter it's, it's, is a fight we don't want <laughs> they are i mean even even with your height advantage you, you don't fancy fancy that i I didn't build huge for fair fights where they can reach me. <laughs> um, I mean, that's with BattleBots and the, they're, they're kind of choosing the fights for the regular season. They want it to be a fight that has a chance of going either direction. Yeah. Um, and I respect that because it's a competition like that. Um, but I got to say, it's kind of nice at Norwalk when you get a fight that the other guy doesn't have a chance. You know, some little drum bot that can't reach the body is like, okay, we just got to take care of business, not break, and, and we'll get it. Um, but yeah, Shatter, they can reach. I think they'd only have like half a swing in it before they got to us, but mm. you know, I don't want it getting tangled up on our spinner. I don't want him hitting the body. I don't like any of it. <laughs> Love to watch it <laughs> on the other side of the brackets. <laughs> yeah, nice and safely at arm's reach. You know. <laughs> um, right. I obviously... did like the fact at the start of the fight, uh, before the fight had even started, even it was almost as if Shatter was taking his shirt off ready to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so you want just... a piece of meat? Okay. <laughs> just ripping it off, you know. It was it was great to watch, you know, just them slamming the floor and then all all of the the, nice, <laughs> the the really nice holographic, you know, triangles just falling off on the floor. It's like, ah, all that hard work. Make to be it fair, look. it's how they branded their t-shirts last year. So <laughs> this is true. This is true. It. it Comfortable Sweet for up and glue back on. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, comfortable for Shatter. Ghost Raptor. Hopefully, we'll get to see them work a little bit better later on in the season because that, that, it was a tough first fight for them to go against. A, you know, at this point, a, a well-grounded machine. Um, Absolutely. But I, I mean, I really like this Ghost Raptor. I, I never believed much in the super long spinner because it could hit the floor depending on how they twisted themselves around, and I just mm. felt that that was kind of too much to pay attention to at once. Um, but a Ghost Raptor with a spinner's protected, you got that same huge problem. If you want to get to us, you got to get through the spinner. Yeah, and I have to, I have to say, like, Shatter did. Yeah, it's it's certainly. I have to say, when when I first saw the first images of Ghost Raptor, I I just thought it looked it looks horrible. I I I don't like to say that ever, but it, it just didn't look nice. <laughs> and watching it in the arena, it looks so much better. I have to say, like when it was moving around, it looked yep. very threatening, and I was very surprised. I, I shouldn't be because obviously. Chuck's obviously so experienced at this He point. knows what he's doing. Yeah, but it, it just yeah. looks so much better than what I, I, I initially thought it was going to be like. I, and I think in the photos it was missing some bolt-on armor and stuff. Mm, they left okay. some configuration things off of it. I'm not exactly sure because he, as part of the COVID protocols, they split the pits into different sides that you weren't supposed to leave. And he was on the other side. Oh, I didn't really get a chance to look super close at it. 
but yet it moves quick. He's an amazing driver, and he's also he could do in 2015 without a weapon on it, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's worth like, noting that this version, that the integration of the lifter more, um, really paid off for them in this fight because they were able to, yeah. you know, when the spinner went down, they were able to do what Ghost Raptor does best and still control the battle to a degree until obviously um, big fire. Kaboom. But it was working though. Yeah. He was, was getting good lifts in. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't have wanted to, you know, a pure lifter versus hammer in that fight, say they never have the spinner on. I don't know who wins that. You know, that would be a close fight, I think. If they could get it done quickly, I think it could have been yeah. a different story. But obviously, Shatter was able just to keep hitting them where it hurt. Absolutely. Winning the first fight of the night. Um, fight two sees Ribot and Tracer. Um, for me, I, I've, seen a, I've seen a few posts online about Tracer not being that good. And I think people do need to think, actually, this is a robot that was meant for next year. They kind yep. of they've rushed it to get it ready for this year in order to help fill out the field. Ribot at this point is now two seasons deep. It, they're a good team. They've worked. It's it's essentially we've discussed it before. It's basically Bite Force underneath. It's very yeah. it's very similar. Like you can't yeah you can distinguish between the two, but obviously, but like it's you can't take it lightly. It's a very strong competitor, and the fact mm. that Tracer did as well as it did, you know, getting a retire off very quickly, I think is, is to be commended. But in the end, Ribot just too strong. Yeah, and it, Ribot is tuned. It is well dialed <laughs> at this point. You know, it's the same Ribot that it was last year, but but they have it all really nailed now, and it's like, it's a force. Yeah, it it, it, it the fact that they were able to tip over Tracer with a horizontal spinner is, <laughs> is, is quite impressive in its own right. But um, yeah, Ribot like it just seems, as you say, just very well tuned in, and it it just looks a lot more sturdy now like maybe it's the lack of foam legs i don't know but it just it just looks more intimidating <laughs> if <laughs> a frog ever can yeah. i think that's <laughs> i think that that's part of it though with like the tuning on ribot versus tracer being a fully new build first fight is like getting flipped over that's the stuff you learn from quick yeah like i don't have a doubt that next year tracer won't be invertible mm. and and, I mean, and that's like the type of stuff where you know they'll get there it's good at the things it was intended to do, which is have a 60-some-odd pound disc and hit really hard with it. It was quick. It's got that good armor for the, you know, the vertical spinners, that big front wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was good at what it's designed to do. It wasn't designed to fight the horizontal undercutter like that. I think they did say that they, they were expecting Ribot to go in with the vert, so the fact that they kind of prepared for something that didn't happen didn't help them. That's that's the robot advantage. Yeah, I know they can swap those modules really quick, and so they'll they'll use that to play with people. And I think this year they had two of them, so that's then they could just kind of. Me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it, uh, somebody has said that Tracer was meant to have a, a Shremek on it, and it, there is a CAD picture of the Tracer with Shremek. Um, obviously, um... the time constraints of them having to get ready really quickly instead of waiting for next year they they didn't have time to put it on or integrate it or anything that would do it i have i've had a message on my uh, in in my youtube feed and all sorts about uh, tracer that they claimed that they uh, do things differently how they mount it all on that single bar at the front and somebody pulled up the fact that um they thought huge did that as well i was just wondering how much 
what what Huge does to to hold it all in place, um, and how similar it is to Tracer. Um, so actually, I would say that that's pretty unique to Tracer. Um, I believe there's, I want to say there's robots who kind of embraced similar ideas. Um, Razorback, I know, was all built around kind of that central tube that the lifter can turn around, but then they mm. mount the different weapons on it as well. Um, but Huge is actually, it's separate axles the whole way through. Oh, wow. So in past years, we would use that where the drive was a significantly thinner axle than the weapon, just to save weight. Um, but also because if we tried to run that bar straight through the frame, it's the weight of it, and then that's where the batteries live right now. So the frame would have to get bigger, et cetera. Um, if we'd run it in 2018 with a single solid axle, it would have solved some particular problems. Uh, <laughs> but um, we've got it pretty dialed now. Um, we upped the drive axle size for this year because Sunway actually bent them when they hit the wheels that hard. Um, and so now it's all the same thickness, but we're just confident enough in how it mounts to the frame that yeah. we still use that for the batteries and stuff. So yeah, it's, it's a neat design style with Tracer to kind of do it over that one main structural element. And I think it's, it's a good idea because a lot of robots lack that, you know, a real core structure. But then yeah. the flip side is, is if you bend it, good luck. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> hope, hope it's not coming out. Yeah, I hope you've got a spare one. <laughs> uh, yeah, good, good luck cutting through it. You know, I don't know how they would deal with that, but. Hey, yeah. they're robot, they're playing. I got my own plan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a fairly decent loss for Tracer. You know, they, they got a good hit off. They managed to, you know, score a good few damage points to Ribot, but in the end, Ribot was just too strong. And again, showing that that experience, like of, of doing a previous season, really does come in handy later on, especially when you've got a fairly, you know, dangerous robot of your own. It helps that, you know, you have got something that, you know, just a little bit more expertise. I think that's fair to say. I'd agree. It's like things like the, you know, the undercutter still spinning when the wheels off don't happen on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's the tuning. And imagine that the undercutter hits the floor and, and turns off when the wheel falls off. Completely different fight. Yeah. You just can't account. You're, you can't, you can't fake that kind of thing. It just comes from experience. And I was, I, for one, was very happy to see the undercutter. I'll say that they, they only used it last year, didn't season. They? Yeah. Yeah. But, and the, the wedge in a basement fight, I believe, against uh, Valkyrie. Yes. Yeah. Oh, they ran the undercutter against Charco in a different basement fight, but it was over so fast. And, like, mm. it, yeah. it's, it's cool to see them really embracing. Not that the vert wasn't the right move for a lot of the opponents they had last year, but... Just to see something different. You know, the undercutter's cool. Like, crippling yeah. depression has been tearing up 30-pound stuff forever. It's like, guys, it's crippling frog depression. Like, no one's brought this shape before of an undercutter to battle bots. Like, you got to use it. And um, I admit, I was talking with David before the Tracer fight, and I was like, run the vert, they're not invertible. Like, just flip them with the vertical. And he was, he really wanted to use the undercutter, and it's his robot, he knows it better than me, and he was completely right. And he flipped him anyways. Yeah, so it worked, think, didn't it? Gyroed over in the end, sort of the the combination of the hit and the the forces at play. Um, Tracer went over. Yeah, a sixty pound vertical has a lot of gyro to it, a lot of force in it. So it's you you, you reap what you sow. They want the biggest vertical, and that's part of it. Mm. You know, it's something we fought in huges forever. Some of the little ones have had some pretty ridiculous weapons, and then as a result, they're just undrivable. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. I'm hopeful though. They're both good robots, so they're both going to get their yeah, stuff together. I think. 
yeah, I, I don't doubt that. You know, it, I've seen enough of Tracer just to know that you know when it does eventually connect with something, it's gonna it's gonna do you know something <laughs> leave some yeah. nasty marks. That's for that's for but sure. For every 2019 death roll, there's a 2016 death roll. Yeah, yeah. This is true. <laughs> And That's the early huges were no better. They were pretty ugly. <laughs> I don't know. It's, they, they, they were unique in their own way. <laughs> they were they were special. <laughs> Let's move on to Kraken versus Black Dragon, which I feel was an incredible fight, a great driving fight. Yeah, really uh, close. Well, it was very close. I I, I think yeah. a lot a lot of people have kind of you know said online it it should have gone to Kraken, and I'm not disagreeing. However, I think it's the judging criteria for, for me. I think that suits Black Dragon in this in this fight. Yeah. At the end of the day, Black Dragon did didn't control the fight, but they did the damage and they did get a good couple of hits on Kraken, which tipped them over, which would have been in their strategy. So at the end of the day, they picked up the points where they needed to, and as a result, won. It could have gone either way. I feel like Kraken, for the most part, had Black Dragon's number, but. I think if Kraken had kept both teeth, the story may well have been different because it's a very visual bit of damage, whereas uh, Black Dragon losing one of the weapon belts, and I mean, they had redundancy on it, they kept spinning, but um, yeah, I think that may have swung it slightly in Black Dragon's favour, I'm not sure, I'm not a judge. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to be a judge. Um, I, I do have to wonder how much you would have noticed Boxside, because watching it on the show, I didn't even realise lives that Kraken's jaw was not closing for the back mm. half of that fight. Um, and similarly, I didn't realize the belt came off of Black Dragon. And those are both super consequential pieces of damage. Um, I feel like if the jaw kept working, I don't even think it would have been close. Mm. Um, because that's exactly what Kraken wants to fight. I mean, you saw what they did to Rib out last year. Yeah, a yeah, nice flat top. Absolutely what they want. So, I mean, fair play to Kraken. That's exactly exactly the fight he wanted to have and it's what it's designed to do bite the vert bite the vert and they, they did do but it just didn't quite stop the vert the vert kept going and unfortunately they, right. they 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 did a bit of dentistry for kraken which you know didn't help them i think the judges do have monitors at the side of the uh, side of the arena so that may have been where they would have seen the damage happen i, I you know I, i'm not going to comment too much on it because I, I i'll be honest i don't know yeah but after them Either way, it was a great fight between two well-driven and, you know, know, both teams execute their strategies to the best they they could. I think it works slightly better in Kraken's favour, but I'm not disappointed that Black Dragon won, if that makes sense. Yeah. It was a a great fight, just slugfest. Well-tuned robots Mm. that don't die. And they just go at it and go at it. I I love to see that um, Kraken took some hits right to the front of the jaw. That held together this year, you know, yeah. one who peeled it up. You know, that's like that's a big, big weakness solved if they can keep that sharp, keep it together. And they're getting right under Black Dragon the whole time, mm. which is not easy. Sliding in, easy, right in right. between the two. They made it look easy. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, I have to say, you know, you look at Kraken now in 2020. You compare it to the, you know, you look at the 2018 version, and I, when I first saw it, I thought this is a really cool looking machine, but it's never going to do anything. Hmm. You look at it now and you think, you know, with a decent run, this thing genuinely could win battle bots. <laughs> it's... With, with, there's a lot of people it can beat. 
and it it's tough because it's you know when it's fighting people like black dragon you almost don't get to see that but i feel like you put it up against someone you know a little less tuned than black dragon they've been building robots forever mm, yeah and like yeah imagine they take both belts different fight yeah, yeah. absolutely it's worth saying J- uh, judge jason bardis said that this was one of the best fights he's ever seen um like in the history of robot combat um it was not amazing. sure I agree with it. It was a very good fight, but um, there's a, a better one coming up. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple of good ones this episode. There, there was. Um, well, let's, let's talk about your fight, Jonathan. Uh, how does it feel being the small one? It was... <laughs> they... <laughs> I know how everybody else feels when they're fighting me. <laughs> Because I know how everybody not, else feels when they're yeah. fighting, and and Ricky said the same for fighting Mammoth. It's like, you know, what the hell am I supposed to do in that spot? And and I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to hit it hard and break it. But like he knows that. That's what it's designed to resist. It's not like Ricky's never thought about Mammoth getting hit before. Yeah. It it's got it's covered in the floppy wedgets and the floppy lifter. It's brilliant. Just <laughs> takes all the hits. Like it's it. Yeah. I, I know how everybody else feels, and I'm glad there's only one mammoth out there because it was—it's <laughs> a weird thing to game plan for. It, for my two cents, I, I think you started quite well. I think you—you you know—you got a good couple of hits at the start, but then as things got on, just the the more that mammoth got into Once the fight to get you in that corner. Yeah, you, you you couldn't get out. You were stuck in there. Um, with Jenny, that you'd put some flipping big holes in him, <laughs> um, and in pretty vital places you know, as they said like a couple of centimeters to the left it would have been the weapon gone um couple to the right and the whole frame would have collapsed so you know it it gives me hope you know yeah. if there's a rematch like there is a path for us there but i know he can make changes too to to mitigate those risks it's um i didn't know it was going to happen going in you know we had the the aim for spinning down um and the thought was when you watch that nightmare fight with mammoth uh, when Nightmare hits a tube, it goes through it and then kind of throws itself backwards a little bit and Mammoth uses yeah. that to escape. And we're just like, well, if we can use that to like go deeper, maybe we hit another tube. Like that was pretty much the, the depth of the strategy. Yeah. Because I don't think spinning up would have changed much. Like we, we were not the type of vertical spinner who flips and throws people really. Mm. Um, and it's, there's a lot of factors to it. We're approaching from a weird angle. We're not super fast. We don't have a wedge. Um, and then the wheels kind of shock mount all the hits. So it's not like fight force where it can just brace itself against the floor. Like to throw someone upwards, I need to press the wheels downwards. And they're not great at that. And so, you know, it's just kind of planning for, trying to plan for the unplanned for a bowl. <laughs> it was... It was quite strange, like, you know, seeing you get stuck in the arena as well, because obviously you have to be hit so precisely to get your wheel caught in the way it is, because obviously your wheels are so large. Yeah. Like, did you ever think that, was, that, that could have ever happened? or just? I was like, there was some vague, I was vaguely afraid of it, but I never really thought it would happen. Like, we've been up there before, Bronco threw us up there. Um, with Gigabyte, it had us in the screws. And we usually seem to find a way out, um, but that was perfect. Like the the wheel was aligned perfectly, and and they cut it obviously. But after the fight, it took 
six or seven people about 20 minutes to get it unstuck. <laughs> it was like, cause, cause the pole hits the wall. Right. And yeah. then the wheel flexes out because of that. Ah, uh, it'd have to like kind of pry so, out a little bit. <laughs> exactly. So I have a great story about that. So in 2018, we show up at BattleBots, clueless and excited. Yeah. And 257 pounds. <laughs> so as part of the weight cut that we, you know, had to make about the day before the Sub-Zero fight, um, Fred, the driver of Valkyrie, and Garrett, one of my teammates, take huge outside with all the guts in it besides the batteries. And they tip it over and then they cut the pole down. And they tip it over and they cut the pole down. And they cut it and cut it and cut it until it barely gets back up. And they say, okay, the poles are the right length now. Don't touch them. And that was just to find, you know, a couple pounds to cut because we were going nuts trying to find stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's a little late to make it smaller once you're at filming. <laughs> um, and since then, I have measured the length of that pole and recreated it. Every time. Every huge. And, and, you know, if that pole is three or four inches longer, we don't fit out. And that's my favorite, you know, little butterfly effect thing. It's like, you know, 2018 huge wasn't overweight, 2020 huge. By just fall out of the arena, right? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, who knows? It's still, they were mammoth thing very good. Like, they could have gotten us up in the screws. They could have gotten us stuck over the hammer or something like that. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of other paths to victory for mammoth. And then vice versa. Maybe the next hit takes the chain. But that's robots. Like, that's what yeah. keeps me going. It could have gone either. It, it genuinely could have gone either way. I, I think they illustrated in their interview later on, you know, the fact that you nearly took out their weapon belt could have changed the whole fight. You don't go out the yeah. arena. You go on and, you know, pull them pole from pole. Right. And, and that's, I mean, I'm not saying I want a rematch as a kind of loser in the situation. It's just, I genuinely think a rematch would be a completely different fight mm. because I know that they would have, you know, they, they didn't know they were going to be front flipping everywhere. Imagine they're not front flipping. Like their whole strategy is different. If they're attacking in a different way, we'll be going for different stuff. We can change our robots to suit each other more. Like I think there's a real, you know, a second fight would be totally different. I think it would be, you know, maybe they beat us differently. Maybe we win. Who knows? Absolutely. I, I just want to talk about mammoth backflipping all day because that was just, <laughs> what on earth was going on there? <laughs> that is, it's, it, it's a, for context out there, people, you know, on TV, you do see these robots and sometimes you think, oh, yeah, you know, they're not that big. You know, huge and mammoth are bigger versions of everything else, but they're not that big. Mammoth is six foot four. <laughs> it's taller than me. I'm a fairly, you know, tall person. And it's not just tall. It's long. It's, it's big. Wide. It's, it's a big thing. Okay. And they want to work on it. They sit in it. Like, this is not, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not Tantrum. Oh, you know, it's not Minotaur. God like, damn. It's just. It's just so ungamely, and I love it. And, it, and uh, uh, as much as it does pay me to see Jonathan Hughes losing, seeing Mammoth do its thing like that <laughs> was so good. And we, we had that thought too also, because you know, my team out there was uh, this year, me, uh, Garrett, and Don, and uh, the other teammates, Alex, Peter, and Maddie, stayed home because of COVID reasons. Um, but we, we, the three of us, were out there, and we're just like, you know, everyone's going to get to see what new Mammoth can do against us yeah damn it because we're <laughs> because we're good friends with ricky so we'd seen some testing videos um he posted some stuff online like it was not not the same mammoth no. as mm. last year it's another and, level <laughs> and that's still that was farther than we expected with the the, the flipping man like <laughs> and it just gets right back up i know it, it just, just didn't care it just did not care about <laughs> what anyone was going to do to it. it was it was wonderful to watch and 
God bless Lambert yeah. for, for getting it right. <laughs> oh, oh, in, a, yeah. in a year without the Olympic Games, <laughs> at least he's got to see the gymnastics, eh? <laughs> at, least, at least a good five or ten feet up there, yeah, on yeah. the high jump. I also, like, I uh, wish there could be ten mammoths. I want to see it fight everything. <laughs> I want to see it against every single robot in there. Shredderator. <laughs> I want to see it against Kraken. I want to see everything. Because it's just, it's, it's going to be good. Yeah. yeah. No Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and also the tuning discussion from earlier. Yeah. It, I mean, Mammoth it, it, last year versus Mammoth this year. Like yeah. the, the, you watch it try and self-rate against like Uppercut, you, and then you watch it self-rate against us. Like it's a, they it's a different know story. that robot now. Yeah. Well, two and teams that super valuable. Absolutely. Two teams that didn't really know their robots, I think, going into this were Claw Viper and Hijinks. And, and, and I mean that in terms of they're fresh out the box. They've just turned up for their first, respective first fights with their respective heavyweights at BattleBots. And I mean, Claw Viper really shocks me how good it was. That thing just flew across the arena like it was, you know, like it was nothing and just put pressure on Hijinks from the word go. Mm. This was a shocking fight, I think. Uh, I don't think many people expected Claw Viper to be as good as it is. And I think that's a shame because obviously the Claw Viper team um, are an offshoot of Warhawk. Oh God, we're back down the rabbit hole again. But um, yeah, this is... a family tree there. <laughs> yeah. we're, 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 try, we're trying to put it to all, yes. all together and it's, just, um, it's not happening yeah, the, no. <laughs> it, yeah. every time I look at it it gets bigger um, yeah Claw Viper with the, with the big front wedge was it was it was something else and, and hijinks you know they managed to get spun up you know starting facing the wrong way so that um, they could get spun up at one point Claw Viper uses that back section like a stunt ramp um, <laughs> What was this fight? It was just, it was crazy and it was brilliant and not at all what we expected. It, yeah. it was awesome. Um, obviously, new robots, but both of them, you know, experienced teams, proven designs. Kevin has a lot of 30 and 12 pound versions of Claw Viper, um, all coated in magnets, just like real Claw Viper is. Um, and then Hijinks comes from the lineage, I think, of all of the dark. Uh, I forget which version it is, but there's a lot of B three and twelve pound versions of undercutters, kind of that shape with the tail. Mm. So it was a fight of robots that, you know, if it all works right, are something to watch for. And I, Claw Viper did it better. He lasted. He took the hits. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. Like just the speed. Like it was so. I I can't get the word theatrical out of my head. Maybe there's a better word for it. But like, you know zooming around everywhere the box rush he wants to run back and get a run and i'm sure he goes all the way across the arena <laughs> turns around and races back i love that i think that's so much better than just you know nudging into somebody like that was it was so cool and they got the grab in there they had the pulverizer going on them. like it was such an awesome fight and i mean the weapon on hijinks worked great i think drive is the thing they can get sorted they're watching Claw Viper do its thing around the arena as it did, like you know, considering it's a brand new machine, you know, this season, very, very impressive as well. Like you, I, I said, I didn't really expect much out of it this season. It looks, it looks solid, but not much more than that. I'm very glad to be proven wrong. It was a really good performance, and they, you know, again, clearly a, a guy who knows his bot quite well and just did, did his job. <laughs> I agree with the premise of what you were saying, though. 
that (laughs) it, it really is like it's not the most cobalt looking robot like it, it's not doesn't have the saw teeth and the really imposing like it's gonna wreck you and rip you limb from limb look but a, a robot that they know and that is that fast and that he knows how to drive is just as deadly yeah i really last season they did the uh the jenny Tar section where hypershock did a, a sort of timed lap of this course and i'd really want to see a race between hypershock crawl viper and some other speedy bots this season P1. because p1, p1 yeah gotta get the race car in <laughs> yeah absolutely i just i want to see it i want to see the grand prix of robots <laughs> yeah i think it'd be Very a lot true. of fun and and extinguisher you know 35 miles an hour yes i'm going ahead let's, a little bit here but they no, can get that going let's let's I get to another show. in this episode <laughs> well let's let's get to extinguisher shall we um god bless <laughs> john, poor john <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it wasn't much of a fight I'll be honest it didn't really go anywhere but I, I have to say I disagree with them the team because I've, I've watched this fight a number of times and they hit the wall mm-hmm. they do turn around and they head towards Perfect Phoenix and they do get hit by Perfect Phoenix and then they die maybe that's me looking too much into it I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to trust the it team's was, analysis um, but this was I could, oh no I've I've slowed from, down the footage to 0.25 and uh, yeah, they, they definitely move forwards towards Perfect Phoenix and um, then get clouted. And... But I could see that issue still happening from the hit Oh yeah, Perfect Phoenix because I mean, it hits hard, hard. And to be uh, fair... But also, you're... that was a problem. There was, uh, and this was just test box pre-event stuff, but a few of those controllers were burning up just mm. in the test box on people. I think one person blew one up on the bench in the pits. Like, just wow. because they they were a known uh, reliable part that people use for a long time. That's what drives Mammoth. That's what um, drove Hypershock last year, which worked great. Um, and I, I think it was like the most recent batch that was purchased right before filming. Had some issues. Uh, and then you saw that with Extinguisher, which sucks because that was setting up to be a great fight. You know, imagine throwing the hammer right down into the spinning blade. Like that would have been awesome. Mm. Um, and it's a shame we didn't get to see it, but you know, I still say uh, for John and for Tyler, like you, you are looking at the next generation here a lot. Yeah, like what Tyler can do as a builder is amazing, and then what John has been able to put together, still in high school. Oh, so he's still you a know. young guy, isn't he? He's still a very young yeah. lad, eighteen. I yeah, he's, I think he's headed into college now. I, I don't know. I've only talked to him a few times, but like, I'm just I'm continuously impressed. You know, it's a full brushless hammer bot. I couldn't build that now. And he's out here building it as a teenager. Like, it might take him a little more time to get it dialed in. It's still an amazing achievement. Yeah, very impressive. Very, very impressive indeed. So, main event time. Uh, Two unbeaten seasons at the start of last year. That wasn't going to happen this time. It was uh, Witch Doctor and Hydra. Um, where do I begin with this? Hydra, for me, this, this is the fight that surprises me because if you look at Kraken versus Black Dragon, Black Dragon won on the damage aspect, I th- like, I'm fairly sure. Um, whereas this fight, I would have expected to go to Witch Doctor for the same, ba- for the same reason because it, it did the damage to Hydra and 
Hydra was kind of struggling towards the end. I'm surprised the judges went the other way with this one. Mm. I have... So BattleBots went to Facebook earlier today, I believe, and said um, that Hydra could still move. Yes. And that's why the countout stopped. I think what we saw on TV is not almost as accurate as uh, what happened in, in real life. And um, so, yeah, Hydra could move it, drove back to its starting square at the end. Um, and, yeah, so I, I think... So is it me? Is the floor laid uneven... I believe I've heard on purpose so that some robots can't get like the massive ground clearance advantage. Uh, I think I've heard that somewhere. That's what I was hearing as well. And I, I think you noticed it with fusion also. Mm. They were getting stuck on the floor as well. I think their wedge lips might almost be too good. <laughs> I, I, I see what they're going for with Hydra with like the C of them on the front. Mm. Yeah, I think it's the right move for Witch Doctor, who's, you know, always been the kind of anti wedgelet team. I think that was um, a, that was the thing. Like it was, it was struggling to move a little bit, but like they they kept catching on the floor. Like it, that's that's what it looked like from when I was watching it. Like they, they would move forward a little bit, and then they just catch the floor again, and they just, they just couldn't get out of that square. I think they may have thrown a, either a drive train or a weapon belt at some point in the fight. Yeah. Um. I think I saw something come out the back of that. I don't know there's, whether that was Hydra or somebody else. Or... There's there's no way you can get through that fight unscathed. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if I was the ref, I might have counted out Hydra. Like, I'm not sure I count a minute of staying within the starting square as controlled movement mm. without chasing someone. The, um, uh, but for going to the judges, rule. right, exactly. <laughs> what crab walking rule? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, you know, getting to the judges, I think part of it is like the visual, like seeing how on fire Witch Doctor was mm. almost accounts for more because it's so in your face. Whereas otherwise, they broke the twos off the spinner. It still worked. The drive worked great. They self-righted 20 really times. Really well. Really. It was doing well. all right, but it's just Hydra's. No wedgelets versus Hydra wedgelets. It's a tough match. It's, it's a shame because I, I thought after last season, Witch Doctor had kind of started to cure the magic smoke problem. Um, <laughs> they, like, you know, yes, okay, the, the season started not particularly amazingly against Shatter, I think it was last year. But they mm. you know they did pick up wins and they, they kept working throughout the entire fight. It was, you know, there was just an, an air of please don't go back to where things have come from before because the last season they were so good. Like I mean the the draw on anything from the uh I want to say brick in a washing machine effect. Um yeah pretty much th they had the, <laughs> you know them trying to keep going with that I think may have hindered them and shaken and done all sorts of horrible things on the inside. So um, hopefully it's not a, a return to sort of witch doctors VFX. Um, <laughs> but yeah. It's, um, like tombstone rotator was a similar result. Yeah. Where once you get that imbalance. Everything starts going wrong. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Cause nothing's made for that. It's, no. it's a level of energy. So beyond you know, to be continuously shaken like that. Every shake is like getting hit. Yeah. yeah. You find stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know exactly what that was that burned up. I was assuming the weapon motors, but I've never seen that much smoke before. I was talking to someone earlier and watching the fight. Um, and I, like, we, we kept watching it back and we, we were still wondering, like, was it, was it a motor that was going up? Was it a 
you know, an ESC going up. I'll, I, I would love to know if the Witch Doctor team could ever get in touch. Let us yeah. know. That's because it was, it was billowing. I imagine they'll cover it in the fan, uh, not fan show, the wrong one. Um, it could even be batteries because the draw mm, mm. as well, not just on the controllers and the motors, but maybe the batteries couldn't do that continuous bouncing draw. Maybe it's, like, just because it's, it's drawing all that power to throw the robot around from the batteries. Yeah. You know, yeah, normally sure. they get up to top speed and then it kind of settles because it just needs to beat the wind resistance. Yep. Yeah. Up there, you know, you're spinning top speed, the robot's bouncing everywhere. It's all coming out of the batteries. So if they run separate packs, it could have been the weapon batteries or something like that. But they're as prepared as anybody in there. Absolutely. So I think they brought a couple of witch doctors, got all the parts they need. I'm not concerned about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll bounce back. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that if, if you're going to turn up and try and win this time, which I think that's very clear that that's their aim, then you're going to arrive with at least another one, aren't they? So, yeah. Let's see. That pretty much brings us to the end of the episode, but there is actually one very important question that I have to ask Jonathan before he goes. Uh, it's actually come from uh, a good friend of mine, Joe. And Joe asks, um, did the two-headed Deathwinger t-shirt make it on TV? <laughs> oh. <laughs> the important question. Let's tell them about that. So, <laughs> yeah, I do not believe I wore the two-headed Deathwinger shirt oh. on camera at any point. Um, so what I did, for everyone who's out of the loop, uh, <laughs> right before filming was when they released the two-headed Deathwinger shirts. It and I was indeed. like, yes, I need at least, I need at least one of these. Um, it's obnoxiously pink. Like the photos do not do it justice. (laughs) (laughs) It is eye searingly pink. So immediately first day at BattleBots, I wore the shirt because I want everyone to see it. Good man. (laughs) And there was at least four or five production people who were in love with it. And I was like, you tell them to let this thing in next year if they want to come. Because I don't know, it's up to them. There's a million moving parts. COVID might not be over, who knows? Maybe Discovery will cancel it. Who knows? I hope not. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, and then they pulled me for the interview where every team captain uh, goes and meets with Chris and Kenny. Because, you know, before the season starts, Chris and Kenny, they just want to know what's up. What's new with the robot? That's with, like, the, um, the little kid who dressed as me for Halloween last year. Um, that's where I kind of mentioned it offhand. And then that spun into them mentioning it, them reaching out, talking to the family, getting the photo. And, you know, getting it on the show, which was awesome. Um, and I wore the shirt for that meeting. And Kenny loved it. So. Excellent. Pressure's on, Joe. Yeah, we'll. we'll... Kenny loves to go to the Flamingo shirt. <laughs> got to make it happen. That we will. Um, we'll but we'll... I don't think I got it on a camera. We've, uh, we've got enough huge shirts to cover at least a week's worth without doing laundry. So. No, no. <laughs> Just swapping as they. That's get fair dirty. enough. That's fair enough. Anyway. That brings us to the end of BattleBots episode two. I have to say, Jonathan, it's an absolute pleasure having you on, and thank you very much for your time. It's been a joy to talking to you. No problem. It's been fun. Thank you, guys. Excellent. Well, myself and Devin will see you next week, but until then, I've been Sam Elliott 64. I've been Walter Woodrow. And I've been Jonathan Schultz from Team Huge. And myself and Jevin will see you next week for episode three. We'll see you then.